0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the Dunya, the Three Muslims Podcast. I'm your host, Rami, with Fayad and Onhill. And again, we have with us brother Gabriel Al-Romani. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu
1: alaikum wa barakatuh.
0: So, this is the second episode in the intimacy series that we started. If you did not watch episode one, go back and watch that before this one because that one is very, very crucial. So, if you have not seen that, make sure you check it out first. So we're gonna get right into this, inshallah, with some questions for Brother Gabriel, inshallah. Where do we start with our kids, right? How do we how do we teach them about intimacy, and where do we start with them?
1: طيب بسم الله والحمد لله والسلام على So the issue of, I guess we can call it sexual education when it comes to to children, right? Um, what's the right age? A lot of parents ask, and so on. And I believe that it is obviously something that should be done in the right time and by the right person. So you have boys, the father should take care of the boys. You have girls, the mother should take care of the girls. You know, it's just more appropriate. And um, I think the children will also find that that is is more, they can connect better, you know, the guys to the the father and the the girls to the mother. Um, The timing specifically obviously living in today's society, there's just so much around, like they're being bombarded with this kind of information. I've looked recently into some of the curriculums in the UK, I believe, they were aiming to introduce this to like uh, grade one and grade two children, so you're talking about seven years old, right? To talk about intimacy and, and so on. There are already literature and books that are available for children, that deal with, for example, um, you know, homosexuality and stuff like that, because that community is pushing really hard. They're being very aggressive. So you could say pretty much that by the age of seven, eight, nine, the children are already exposed to that. If they go to public school, um, they, that, that the chances of them being exposed to this increase with children coming from home, you cannot control what they see, what they hear at home, and what they do, mm-hmm. and they share it. Uh, my mom, for example, is still a teacher and she teaches in the Catholic di- district in Canada. And, um, you know, she tells me that sometimes some of the kids, man, they're like, they, you know, the little ones, they say some weird stuff, you know, and then she'll be like, where'd you hear that? I'm like, my dad said it, you know, or something like that. Right. Or my mom said it. And that is something like, you know, alarming that at that young age, they are exposed to these kind of things and they hear these kind of things so the Muslim parent now is faced with protecting their child. And, okay, so how should I approach this issue? How should I talk to them? How should I explain to them? Right. How should I get them excited about the prospect of getting married at some point? Right. You know, children will come home and be like, mommy, how are babies done or made, you know, or something like that. Right. They say stuff like that. Like that is exactly what they say. And, uh, it has to be answered if you're going to, you know, what, what, what would the, usually the parent would be like, oh, you know, this is not something you should be talking about. Why are you talking about this? You know, shame on you and so on. And then we shame them. And then they go somewhere or they find an avenue because now curiosity has been, you know, turned on. So now they go and look for a place to find their answer. Right. And not just that, they're going to lose, they're going to lose trust in you. That if they have a serious issue or a serious question, you will dismiss them. And that is one of the greatest mistakes that parents do. They dismiss their children when they come up with these kind of questions. So, of course, you're not going to give them a full-fledged anatomical correct, you know, uh, discourse on intimacy. But you can say, you know, that mommy met daddy, they got married, and they loved each other, and they had you, you know. And that's something, you know, that is appropriate for someone who's younger. And then, you know, slowly you can explain because they themselves start asking questions about their own body parts, their private parts. Why do I have this? Why, you know, my sister doesn't have it. They do see each other naked sometimes, you know, and when they're little, they take about, And this is normal. They will say things like that. You know, why this, why that, What you know, and then. They, they you know, So you explain to them that you're a boy, she's a girl, and this is this, and this is that. So don't feel shy or dismiss them. Answer their question. So I would say it happens naturally. I don't think there's any parent that did not get these kind of questions. It just naturally happens. The problem is for those who dismiss it. And then they break the trust of the children and then the children will not come back and ask these. And it becomes a scar, a trauma that my, my father or my mother dismissed me or shamed me. Especially in Muslim countries, the shaming thing happens a lot where it's like, I and mean, it's bad and how dare you talk like that and you know, maybe get slapped and whatnot. And then they do not come back to this topic. They will take it out with someone else. So I would say that Parents have to be very vigilant to understand the development of their children. As a parent, if you're just turning a blind eye to the development of your children, their inquiries, their, you know, them being inquisitive on this subject, you will blink and you will wake up in a mess. You will just blink and then it'll be too late. And then you come to the sheikh, the imams, and the counselors, you know, they come to us and they're like, please save my child. I'm like, what's the problem? Well, he's like this and like that and committed Zinna. And I'm like, how old is he? 14. I said, it's too late. Now you want to talk to them about intimacy? They already committed zina. But I thought he's just my little boy. I never expected that. I tell you what happened. I had one teacher. I'm not going to name the school. And, but I was working in a country, in a Muslim country. It's not here. It's not now. It's quite some years back. And at that time, I was, yeah, I was the principal there. And we had an incident in grade three, grade three, bro. Okay, so grade three, and this is an all girls school. Okay, grade three is nine year old. And subhanAllah, I mean, these girls became intimate with each other, you know, and it became like an epidemic, the whole class pretty much. You know, it, 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 it went crazy. And till it reached one girl whose family taught her that this is this and this is that and this is wrong. So she's the one who reported, imagine it. She's the one who basically reported it. And you know what? The teacher, I had to like let her go because she was denying. She's like, no, I, 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 I could never imagine this could happen. I don't believe it. And I said, sister, you better believe it no, I cannot believe in our culture. This is not acceptable. We, this doesn't happen. I think they're just, you know, talking. And I was like, Ya Allah, you know, I got so upset because I said, we are suffering. There's, a, there's an epidemic in this class. And look what it led to. And the, because the teacher was closing their eyes, they didn't realize, why are four or five girls going to the bathroom together at the same time, all the time, every day? You know, they didn't raise. They No, because, no, 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 this can never happen. No, no, no. Our children can never do these things. Wake up. Wake up. I keep saying wake up, brothers and sisters. So, yes, we had to clean up. You know, it's a big mess. And people need to understand that these things will happen. If you close a blind eye, if you don't teach, yes, you teach. Okay, guys. And when you go, for example, through stories the Qur'an, and you talk about the story of Prophet Yusuf a.s. What are you going to do? Are you going to skip over the verses Of the women? Are you going to skip over the verses About Prophet Lut alayhi Are you going to skip over the verses of this and that? No you cannot Right? We teach Islamic studies And teach it Explain to the children Why this woman wanted Prophet Yusuf Why this? Why that? Yes sometimes women would chase men Yes in Jahiliyyah it was like Man in the western countries it's like normal you know, it's like, it's not enough for a guy to lower his gaze. He's got to run away too, man, you know, because the girl's going to chase him. If he's a good looking guy, he's going to be chased. So it's, it's not, people need to talk to understand. How do you connect that to Surah Yusuf? How do you connect what happened, you know, to, to the story of, of Lut, alayhis salam? How do you connect, you know, these, these issues to the events the Prophet, for example, marrying Zainab radiallahu anha. Um, and 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 right, how do you, the story of if the accusation of, of Aisha radiallahu anha in Surah An-Nur. you know, the, the 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 Sharia injunctions about whipping and and you know the issue of Zina. How? how how do you connect this how do our children memorize the quran by the age of 8 and 9 fully and they have no clue what it says how does allah subhanahu wa taala talk you know they memorize in juz amma and they you know juz tabarak and you know uh you know the the ayat about hur al for example and they don't know what it is you know it's there i mean they memorize it we need to understand islam is clear about this yet it's it's not like indecent in in the way it talks about there's there's a way to do it but parents need to need to i would say teachers islamic schools muslim curriculums when they teach the quran they teach the hadith they teach these things has to be with guided exposure i call it guided exposure Meaning, you just don't open the the floodgates, but you guidedly expose them and tell them and teach them and show them. Why do Muslims not talk about the excitement of being married? Why is it becoming so, oh, you know, taboo? Right? Guys should know. Hey, guys, you're going to get... Like today, subhanAllah, I was in the mall today (laughs) with my son, you know? And he moved away from me, took the escalator. And I just, I tried to grab him by the hand. I didn't look. I almost grabbed this young girl, you know? <laughs> and, and I looked, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, she was like this nice girl, you know, in hijab. And when her mom was with her, you know? And I said, so, you know, and they realized because they saw him and I was like, oh, they realized that, okay, I made a mistake, you know? Cause I wasn't looking, I was going to grab her by the hand just take her with me, you know? <laughs> so when I re I caught up with my son. I said, bro, I was going to bring you your wife, man. You know? I said, that's your future wife right there, you know? And, and he was cool about it, you know, he's like, because we talk about these things, you know, I've already had the talk with him, he's, he's 12 right now. But by the age of like 10, nine, nine, something, 10, I think that's the first time I talked about, you know, these things with him, you know, and he was asking me stuff like, what is, you know, this word mean? And what is that word mean? You know, like some of the slang that, you know, he heard in the classroom, right? Uh, like, what is an erection and stuff like that, but he was a different word, you know? And I explained to him, I said, very clearly. He's like, yeah, it's so annoying. You know, it's like when I wake up and it's like this, you know, and I was like, yeah, I know it's annoying. It's horrible. I said, but it's part of being a man. This is when you know that you're being a man. I said, he said, really? I said, yeah, this is one of the signs that you know that you're being a man, you know? And like, sometimes I would see him like, you know, like we're in the elevator one time. I saw him, you know, looking at a girl You know, this cute girl came in the elevator and he was like looking at her, you know, and he couldn't stop staring. And I said, I said, what's up, bro? Like, uh, what's going on? And he didn't realize it. You know, it was just so natural. You know what I mean? It was just so natural. And I said, what's going on? What's up? I said, what'd you feel? You know, he's like, I don't know. I didn't do anything. He didn't realize it. You know, I say, yeah, but you were like, eyeing that girl. You know, I said, what, you think she's cute or something? And he said, yeah, she was kind of cute. I was like, yeah, you know, I said, uh, this is how it is. I said, look, you know, you have to understand you're going to have to lower your gaze because you're going to get different feelings. So I use that opportunity and that's what I'm saying. It just naturally happens, you know, like if you spend enough time with your children and you know them and you're open with them, naturally there'll be certain events in their life where it's just going to open up the subject, you know, and that's what's called in education. It's called the teachable moment. In education, this is called a teachable moment. It is that moment where that person has just experienced something that contextualizes that idea and it will drive the point home. You know what I mean? And if you lose that moment, if you ignore that moment, it might not come back. You know, it might not come back. So yes, I believe naturally it happens that we should speak about intimacy to our children. About their development, about the feelings that they get, because we know, because we've gone through it. And I also believe it should be systematically done at a curriculum level where schools adopt a certain way of connecting to the Quran, to the Sunnah of the Prophet, to the stories of the Quran, and talking about these things in a proper, respectful manner, but to rise in them the, the to look forward, you know. Like I believe young girls. Should look forward to marriage to their wedding day, you know. Today there's gamophobia. I you know they're they're scared of marriage, right? Because they've been hit so much with so many failures and divorce, and they hear this. They're 10 years old and they're experiencing this. They're seeing their parents, they're seeing the movies, they're seeing the media. They're scared. I get messages from young sisters, their mothers, mothers, whatever, say, "I'm scared of marrying my daughters." You know. Uh, has a phobia of marriage. It used to be that back in the days, girls used to dream about their wedding dresses, their wedding gowns. They used to, you know, just fantasize about the day where their Prince Charming will come and, and take them, you know, in marriage, right? And right now they're, they're hating it. So we're wondering why things are bad. And the guy is the same, you know? You want to wish for this. This is the time you prepare for it mentally. You, you aspire for it, right? But, but if you don't, if you don't have that desire and that, you know, like, honestly, you know, like, my daughter comes to me sometimes, she's like, you know, like, she, she tells me, like, when are you going to get me married? You know, like, stuff like that. And it's like, me and my wife, were looking at like, oh, my God, you know. And then I'm like, okay, it's a good question. I said, it depends. Like, what kind of guy do you like? So we open up the discussion And subhanAllah, I learned so much about her likes and dislikes. And like, I can all, I can, I can say that I know what kind of guy my my daughter likes, you know what I mean? At this point. But I've never, I've never, ever, ever made it to her in such a way that she'll feel embarrassed about this, you know? And sometimes she said, like, she has a crush on this guy or something. And I said, look, this is natural. These feelings are natural. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Put certain boundaries for us so we do not cross those boundaries, so we do not cause something wrong or go astray. But I said, but Alhamdulillah, you know, has given us the option of marriage, and I'm gonna make a nice wedding for you, and don't worry, I'll do this and that. She's so excited, you know, right? like, but I believe if I would have, like, said, Astaghfirullah, you know, Maryam, this is not good, you know, shouldn't be thinking about these things right now, she would have been pushed down, and she, I would have killed her, her, her hopes. You know, so we need, to, we need to, to be careful with this because I believe our children should be excited to get married, they should be excited about finally reaching halal and intimacy. You know, they're always told haram, 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 and th- where's the halal? At least to have the dream that the halal will come one day, even just the feeling that, hey, There is light at the end of the tunnel, gives you the drive to stay, you know, to to protect yourself and to, you know, wish that the future comes. But if not, if we're closing all the doors, we're denying, we're not talking, the non-Muslims are talking, they are opening their arms, they say, come, come, we'll take care of you, don't worry. You want to express your feelings, we're here to listen to you. Whatever you want, we're here. While the Muslims are not there. And this is the reality. I hear from some of my clients saying, the Muslims are not there for me. They're always judgmental. Allah doesn't judge you any on just your feelings. If You can control them. These are feelings that will come to you naturally. It's how you express them. And whether you act upon them, That that's what leads you to action. And then you get judged. But we, you know, a person cannot even discuss certain things that right away judgment is passed doors are closed the fingers are pointed and this over pious you know character comes about and people shut down and then they go to the non-muslims and they say "Hey, at least these people don't judge me i can be myself i can express myself i can say you know and talk and you know this is it is you know this is what happens so the time is 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 at the right time it happens naturally Schools, principals, teachers should make it a point to look for those teachable moments, should make a lesson out of it. Um, recently, I had a discussion with my students where I said, you know what guys, just close your, t- okay, take a piece of paper, write a question on piece of paper, don't put your name on it. And SubhanAllah, the first question that came, the first question was, can I watch porn with my husband to learn about sex? Okay. And you know what I said? I said, okay, guys, if if you guys don't feel comfortable, uh, you can leave right now. I will answer the question, but those who don't feel comfortable, you can leave the class, you know? Everyone stayed in, you know, to listen. And I addressed the question. I don't care what people are going to say. I properly addressed the question because these kids had genuine questions. And the more I opened the questions, the more interesting they got. And it was all somehow related to this to show what's in their mind. And the question that was written, it was not a joke. And the people are like, like this, you know, they're just listening and waiting. And I was very polite in the way I formulated my answer, but it is important. They have these questions. If we don't talk about it, if we don't teach them guided exposure, polite, correct exposure, they will take it in the wrong way. So yes, let us train our parents, train our teachers. Address it, okay? Look for the puberty signs. Start talking mothers with daughters, fathers with, with sons better, okay? Um, if your daughter comes to you as a man, uh, well, I don't know. There might be that she feels a bit comfortable. Maybe you might gonna have to answer some questions as well. I had to. Uh, sometimes you might wanna say, okay, go to your mom, you know? Uh, that You might lose that teachable one. I'm, but I think husbands and wife have to talk and they have to agree. That when these kind of questions come in, that they both kind of are ready to answer them and they don't shy away from them. And um, yeah, it's got to be at a systematic level as well now.
0: JazakAllah Amazing answer. Very in-depth, mashallah. And if only everyone had a father like that, mashallah. So many kids, <laughs> young girls, especially young girls. Like it's, it's that entire discussion completely non-existent to them. And Allah, it's so mm-hmm. sad. Allah, it's so sad. So, subhanAllah, may Allah forgive us and guide us. So let's say you have this kid and you go through these steps of, you know, answering their questions and, and using the teachable moments and teaching them properly and effectively throughout their life. And then this kid hits an appropriate age where they can honestly start looking towards marriage and they can genuinely say, okay, I want to get married. How would they know they're ready? What are the requirements for for marriage for a man and for a woman? How does it differ? And how, I guess, how would you vet a person as well is an important question.
1: Okay. um, Taib. I think obviously culture and timing plays a, you know, a huge role in in answering this question. However, I believe that, again, going back to the sunnah of the Prophet and again, people say, but, you know, we're not riding camels today and we're not, you know, wearing swords and stuff like that. I agree. However, these, you know, these questions that deal with, you know, transportation or food or clothing, that's a different story. We're talking here about ethics and morals and things that deal with with mu'amalat and dealings with people. And when we look at the, again, the life of the Prophet and the Sahaba, um, the culture was that they got married early. And we know the controversy of Aisha radiallahu anha and her age when she got married, right? So the Orientalists and the non-Muslims always bring this issue up. However, we know that Aisha radiallahu anha was a woman. By Sharia, you are a man or a woman once you hit puberty, Okay. Biologically speaking, also, you are a man and a woman once you hit puberty because now you can reproduce pretty much. Once the man produces sperm and the woman releases the egg and she gets her period and so on, she now can be a mother, okay? Now, when you're a mother, you're not a girl anymore. You are basically a a woman. So biologically speaking, uh, a person can basically be ready to be intimate and married at the age of puberty, okay? Um, Psychologically, as well, we see that's a different story. Obviously, uh, when we look at culture today, men and women of today, boys and girls of today, are not the same that they were before because of the stimuli, the environment that conditions us. So you find that men still in their 20s and 30s, they're still playing Pokemon cards, you know, in their parents' basement. So they don't have a level of maturity to be able to lead a family. All right. So that's something that we find till today. So there's a lot of variables when it comes to this. But biologically speaking, as I said, and that's where the issue comes in, that men and women are biologically ready to be intimate by the age of 13, 12, sometimes 14, but they're not emotionally and physically, intellectually, financially ready. So there is a a misalignment between those readiness. So what's the problem? The problem is exactly what we're talking about right now. So they want to be intimate. They have the need to be intimate, yet they cannot marry. So it means they cannot be intimate in the halal sense. So I am a man. I am 13 years old. I've just discovered that, you know, I have wet dreams, and I desire women, and I look around for girls, and that's what it is, you know, when you 13, 14, a lot of these boys, you know, I mean, I've been teaching again in boys' schools, and like wolves, you know, they see a woman, it's like, subhanAllah, you know, and it's just the way it is, their, their hormones are raging, okay, so what can you do? What are the options? Okay, get married. But he cannot. He's not ready. He doesn't have the ability financially. His parents laugh at him in his face when he talks about marriage, even if anyone would dare say that. They say, you're just a little boy, man. You know, sit down. Uh, But physically, they're ready to be intimate. You understand? They are ready to be intimate physically. They want to be intimate. So what's going to happen? Well, a few things can happen. Number one, that they, mashallah, very piously fast and lower their gaze and just wait for a wet dream to take place to release that desire, okay? If it would be that easy. Number two, what happens is that a lot of them start messing around. They start dating, uh, you know, and committing zinna, all right? And this happens a lot. Number three, some of the boys and some of the girls, sadly, okay, they do turn to each other for, uh, you know, this play, you know, thing that they do And they have experiences with each other And this is something that happens is quite popular And a lot of people deny But it happens Boys play around with boys And girls play around with girls No one questions it It happens a lot Okay? Because subhanAllah In Muslim countries It happens a lot A lot Because no one questions it Alright? And I've even asked my students about it I've talked very openly I've researched and asked And discussed And talked to even those people And they said, hey, what can we do? It's not as bad as zina. Or it's not as bad as being with a boy or with a girl or whatever. you know." So some people actually believe that it is okay to have those kind of experiences. But they don't understand that that's going to condition them for later and going to mess them up. Another option is, of course, the issue of pornography, which is very, very rampant. So they are biologically, they want to be intimate, but they cannot do it in halal. The doors of halal are closed anyway. Even if, let's say, they would have, let's say, a family is rich, mashallah, the guy is wealthy, and he finds a girl. Usually, the family will not allow it because, to their understanding, they're like, "No, how can he get married? He's just 14, 15." You know, I mean, even the the talk right now, just me saying that, I'm sure that a lot of people get shivers and their hair on their back. You know, is is just like you know rising because they cannot. We've been conditioned so much to believe that this is ridiculous. How can you say? that someone could get married at 14 or 15, right? Impossible. How dare you talk like that? Okay, I'm, all I'm telling you is that they are biologically ready, yet they cannot do it in halal. So because there are there's a readiness and a need, they will take one of these options that I've listed. Zina, pornography, homosexuality or lesbianism, or if they somehow, mashallah, tabarak rahman they fast and they lower their gaze, Inshallah, there are some people like that then they have a wet dream and then you know that kind of happens you know but I mean how, how often will they have a wet dream so and how long do they live like this till they get married so the average Muslim gets married today at the age of 28 30 or so on so till that age what happens right well obviously they will take one of these options and again I'm not talking just from my head I'm talking from the clients that I deal with, the statistics that I've looked at, the, you know, the researches that I deal with, the other counselors that I talk to. So yes, the Muslim Ummah is choosing one of these issues. The problem is that once you reach marriage now, 28, 30, 35, some delay till 35, you've spent pretty much 15 to 20 years of your life, your best years, where you had the strongest levels of, you know, testosterone or, you know, desire, be it the female or the male, um, wasting it, right? Just, just skidding, just back, uh, you know, just, just uh, misfiring. And now you are parachuted into a nikah in front of a sheikh, and you're expected to know how to deal with a woman, or you know, how to marry. And then we wonder why marriages fail because there's been no preparation before there's no training there is no there's all this time when it's been about me 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 and after 20 15 20 years finally it's we and then i'm like i don't know how to act with another woman i don't know how to deal with her i have to share now my time i have to do this i have to listen to her she has to listen to me I have to worry about her being pleased in intimacy, right? Because we're talking about intimacy, not, not only about me. I, I pleasure myself for 20 years. Now I'm going to have to worry about pleasuring someone else. And that's why a lot of couples have that problem with intimacy. Because what is the main, usually main complaint? Is that, well, she, he finishes and then you know, I'm just left to myself, right? He doesn't care about me. He's not worried about my feelings and to, for to me to be pleased from both sides. Because they're not used to it. There's no preparation. There's, we don't, you know, so, okay, we, we, we deliver these kids. They're born. They're raised. They reach puberty. We just leave them, leave them, leave them. And then all of a sudden, we might have a talk with them once in a blue moon and say, okay, now it's time for you to get married. You're 33 years old. Congratulations. I found you someone. A lot of times in many of the cultures, the Muslim cultures, there's not even a choice for the person to marry who they like or to be even asked. There's a lot of arranged marriages, and people are just given there and okay, um, survive. So no, within the first two years divorce. Okay, fifty-two percent divorce or more now. And the ones who sometimes stay together, they do it because of the shame of the family. And then there's abuse and they suffer. And the people worry. They they wonder why there's abuse, why the kids don't grow up properly why there's issues in development, because the the two are not jiving together, right? So we have a big problem, fundamental problem in the pre-marriage stage, in the vetting, the up-to-marriage time where we are getting to know someone, how, by what age, what are the priorities. We're we're mess. I think this is a whole big mess. There's no, look, ask any imam or any, scholar right now or any stand is there a standard for the muslim ummah it's just haphazardly up and down depends on which culture what who does where there's nothing you know the same way when we say okay guys let's there's salah there's a fiqh for salah there's a certain way we should align our our lines we have to put our hands in salah in a certain way we have to do certain things this is from the fiqh so why not why not when it comes to marriage our relationship with Allah is very important, but also our relationship with each other is very important. So why do we not focus also on that? Why do we not talk about that? Why everyone's just left to figure it out themselves? And then we wonder why our communities are suffering, why the marriage is suffering. You know, it, it's 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 a it's a big mess. So there's a lot of things that need to be talked about on this issue. How how do you find a woman? How do you approach? By which age? Uh, how do you do? You have to have some primary t- counseling. How, what kind of questions do you ask her? Can you talk to her? C- can you uh, discuss? How do you tell your family if you found someone? Uh, how are they gonna react? There's there's just so many questions. I don't even know where to start. To be honest, maybe you guys can can pick certain things that we can discuss about. Mm-hmm. It's just got- so much alhamdulillah so i got two things on my mind and these are from
2: patrons that have asked us these questions saying that when you do do an into series let us know so number one how do i know i'm financially ready for a marriage this is from a man and uh what are my like responsibilities obligations and the second one um if i have had sexual experiences in the past do i need to disclose this even though you know it was in my jahiliyah, i repented to my next spouse
1: okay so the first one with regards to how do I know if I'm financially ready? SubhanAllah, today I was teaching a, a Sira class and we were at the Hijra of the Prophet Sallallahu when the Sahaba came from Mecca to Medina and Abdurrahman bin Auf he's he's connected in brotherhood with one of the Ansars and this guy was one of the wealthiest men in Medina and he said, I'm the wealthiest guy, I'm going to give you half of my wealth And he says, I have two wives. He says, look at them, which one you like. I'll divorce her, you can marry her after it. I mean, can you imagine, bro? I come to, you know, a brother. You're a new Muslim brother. You're making hijrah. You're coming, you know, and I'm telling you, bro, I have the money. Take half and half here. I have, uh, you know, four wives. You take two, I take two, you know. Come on, let's not be, you know, one and one, right? You take two, I take two. You know, And, And I'm telling you, Pick the ones that you want. You, you go first, right? Because this is what happened, man. This is the, the the hadith. is very famous. So Abdurrahman, he said, Jazakallah khair. May Allah bless you and your family, your money. Just show me the market. All right? So this is true. So he went to the market. He bought some butter, some cheese, whatever he had. And he started hustling, you know? He was hustling. In the market of Banu the Jews. So he beat them at their game. Okay, he was a hustler. So within a few days, the Prophet meets him. I think a lot of times when we read this hadith, we talk about it—the love between the Ansar and the Muhajirin, and how this man was about to sacrifice his wealth and his family for his brother. But we don't see one part of the hadith, which is very important. So the Prophet sees him wearing some nice clothes. He says, "What is this, Ya yeah, Abdul Rahman?" He says, I got married. Boom. What? So he says, So, the said, how much did you give her? Look at it. Look at the questions. Look at the questions. You might find that this is wrong. How, how, why is he asked, How much did you give her? He says, A, a nugget of gold. He went from cheese and butter to wearing nice clothes and a nugget of gold. But I think what's important to know is what was his objective for hustling. He wanted to get married, man. Okay, because he understood what is his priority. He needed to get a woman in halal. The guy offered it to him. It could have been easy, bro. It was easy. It was halal for him. He could have taken it. He says, no, I'll do it myself. He went to the market, switched a few things around, boom, boom. Next few days, he's wearing a nice, you know, he's sporting a nice coat, and the Prophet said, What is that? explains to him, Alhamdulillah, Prophet's happy. But look at his priority. Did he say, Let me make some more money? I got to get to the next level. Maybe I need to get a house or this or that. Maybe I can wait another year. Literally, the hadith says within a few days, this could have been literally a few days. Because for him, his objective was, I need a wife. Because he understood that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will support the person who is going to take that leap of faith and sacrifice. He was not lazy. He didn't just say like, oh, you know, I'm so poor. What can I do? No. He went. He took the asbab, as we say. He did the hustling. He hustled. And he got got his queen. That's what he wanted. That was his objective. He didn't say, I want to buy a camel. I need a ride. Right? He didn't say that. He didn't. That's not what you saw him with. He didn't say, I need to get my house. I need to get a few coats before I get married. I need to get this or that. No. First thing he did is he went and got enough money to give her mahar, And it was a good mahar, a good dowry. And he got married. So honestly, personally, when I study the Seed of the Prophet Wasallam and look at the example of the Sahaba and what they've done, how they got married, I believe that our brothers today are cutting themselves very short in the fact that they don't believe themselves and they don't believe in Allah being a razaq. I'm not saying stuff yani kufr or something, no. I just feel that the mindset is wrong. Because if you marry, Allah will give you rizq. If you have a child, Allah will give you rizq. Allah, you know, Nahnu wa iyyahum. We will take care of you and of them. You know, so I think a lot of guys cut themselves short because society has conditioned them to the American dream that you got to have the house with the picket fence and you got to have the car first. And you got to get the degree first and and then and you reach 28, 30 and you've been spending 10, 15 years of your life by yourself, what, being celibate? And then finally you get married and then you wonder why your marriage is failing because you've prioritized everything before being intimate. And you know, the human being, the development of the human being is very interesting. Don't think that at 30 you're like the way you were when you are 16 or 17 or 18. You're not like that. Your mind has changed a lot. Your, your, your thoughts, your ideas, your personality solidifying is much harder to change now, to undo things. So you're missing out those times where you can have a partner a woman next to you and to grow together to get to be together, to reach your thirties together and to, 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 to love each other and to be intimate with each other and to go through those difficult times together. And that's going to make a big difference. But if you're not, then you reach 30 and you're, you're suffering. So, I don't know, the brothers who are really, really putting finances at the top of their charts and delaying marriage because that, I don't agree with it. I got married in my, I think it was second year of university. Alhamdulillah. And, you know, my wife was in university as well. We were studying together, being mm. together. It was much easier because I think I would, have, I would have died, man. If not, I would have lost my mind. In, in uh, you know, Canadian university, I'm so sorry. But what happens there and the dorms and... What was going on, on in the campus and how the, you know, forget about, as I said in the previous episode, right? I think I said, forget about you not going after the girls. The girls are going to come after you. It is what it is. So, alhamdulillah, I mean, it was a huge thing. And yes, it was tough, but I was working. I was doing research, whatever I was doing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided. Mm-hmm. And you just got to find the right girl who understands you and is willing to you know, don't look for the girl who's going to wait for you at the finish line, man. You got to be with the girl who's going to be willing to run the race with you, you know, or to, to join the ride while you're making it. You know what I mean? Not she's waiting for you at the end. Once you've made it, that's when she's like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready now. No, that's not the right woman, man. That's not the right woman. So... Yeah, I think uh, th- that should be no excuse. It should be no excuse whatsoever that finances and whatnot are something that will stop you. Do your thing. I don't know, delay a bit, take a job, part-time job, whatever, and-, and go for it. Talk Allah, you know, and just do it. But do it. Like Abdurrahman, no, he didn't stay. He went to the market and he beat the Jews at their own game and he turned things around and he got married. So he did. He took the asbab. Don't just sit there, lazy, Doing nothing, thinking that, you know, things are just going to solve themselves. No. But have that mentality, man. Look, guys, look around right now. Who is leading the world? We're not leading the world. Who is pushing? Who is leading the discourse? It's the non-Muslims. 5 a.m. club, the millionaires club, this and that. All these guys, when you talk about it, the entrepreneurship mind, it's not the mind that's going to be stuck waiting for a salary every two weeks that's going to make the difference in this world. Trust me, man. You want to jump in the rat race? Sorry, but it's going to be you know some rat behavior. But that's not how the Sahaba lived. Look at Abdurrahman. He took a risk, man. I believe that a lot of men who are not willing to take a risk, that's his cowardish behavior. We, you you got to take a leap of faith. Sometimes you just got to do it. And that's what's gonna make you a man. It's gonna those mistakes, you're gonna fall down, you're gonna rise up, you're gonna mess up a lot. I messed up a lot in my life, man. But you know what? There's only one thing I regret in my life, my sins. That's it. Other than that, I don't regret anything. My sins, I regret them. Yes. It's between me and Allah. But other than that, any decision I've taken, I never regret. Alhamdulillah, man. Alhamdulillah. No regrets whatsoever. I messed up a lot. I disappointed people, I disappointed myself, I messed up a lot, but alhamdulillah man, like when I look at it right now, no regrets man, no regrets, and it is what it is, you know what I mean, you, you embrace it like a man, you take it, you own it, but you're not going to be able to, if you're going to have the mentality of just waiting for a salary, or just waiting to finish your degree, always waiting 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 excuses 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 then you find yourself late in life then you're like mm-hmm. oh man i regret it you know oh man what? i shouldn't have done
2: that i was going to say what uh university did you go to in canada
1: to university of windsor
2: windsor okay you you ever met those girls that are saying uh oh, i want to do this i want to get this degree then i want to you know learn about myself and travel the world then mm-hmm. I'll think about settling down or was it at your time it wasn't like that?
1: Look, uh, those, those girls who say these things are girls because they don't see value men anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're just looking around. I don't see anything. I might as well do something else. Trust me. A woman, a woman when she sees a man of value, who understands what he wants, who is decisive in his life, um, she's going to be ready, bro, to settle with him. Because women are a bit different, you know. It's not in their fitra to pursue necessarily these degrees. They, I mean, they want to, they can, but it's not their main objective. It doesn't jive with their fitra. When a woman sees a man who wants, who knows what he wants, she's going to definitely, definitely want to link up with him. But if she doesn't find the right man, there's no, the market doesn't have any, you know, proper men around, no Abdurrahman ibn Awuf's around, then of course she's going to be like, well, I don't see anything around. Might as well take a walk in the park. You know what I mean? To check out the weather and check out the the scenery because there's nothing around anymore. That is interesting. You know, women, bro, women are, if they see a man of high value, who's strong, who values himself, who knows what he Mm. wants, bro, she's ready to commit. I mean, that's women are nice. just a bit more mature than men already in mm-hmm. their mindset. They, they want that. They need that commitment. A woman, it's not in her fit to be like, yeah, I want to travel and see the world. This is something that's been indoctrinated into them recently through these vloggers and you know these people traveling around now and all over YouTube. Oh, I want to do it as well, right? But if you're going to ask her, choose between a real man that really ex- ex- excites you and when you look at him, you're in awe. Not like, no, I'm not so sure. Like when a woman sees a man of value, she's like, you know, like she's ready, right? So of course, mm-hmm. ask her to choose between that, the stability that c- connects to her fitra and that strength that she wants, that masculinity, that the, the opposite of her and going around and, you know, traveling the world. And yeah, she's going to be like, of course, I want this man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? She's not going to choose, you know, to 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 roam around the world, you know, backpacking. It's just not in her fit It's fit. <laughs> it's not connecting to that. Yes, there are mm-hmm. a lot of these girls doing the YouTube videos, but they're pushing us. So, Pahala, I was just reading uh, the other day the article of this woman, uh, the main character from Sex in the City. You guys remember that show? Angel, you would remember that, right? Of course. <laughs> so... And she's 45 right now, you know? And you know, the, the main title is she said, I regret not marrying and not having a child early. You know, that was the main thing. I regret it, right? She says, it's just such a loss. You know what I mean? Yes, it might sound like a nice idea at some point to go around the world and do these things and be successful. And, uh, but in the end, when when nature catches up with you, they regret it, man. So yeah, I think that's the first question. The second question with regards to disclosing your past sexual experiences, that is not correct. They should not do that. What's your past is your past. No one has the right to know anything about your past. Allah is forgiving your sins. And this is your past. And even being a woman or a man, it doesn't matter. You should not. I've seen disasters. Like SubhanAllah, I remember one of my clients, he was saying that he was sitting around with his wife, And he loved his wife, subhanAllah. Such a sad story. I mean, and they were such a good couple. And they had children together. I think they had about uh, three or four children. And he was a convert. He was a convert. He was in Canada. And one night, they were just sitting around watching something or whatever on TV. And I guess the wife just asked, like, you know, I think something came up. And she said something like, "Yo, so I'm sure you were like, you know, a Casanova back in the days, isn't it? Right? And he's like, no, 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 no. She's like, come on, come on, tell me. We're not gonna get upset. We're friends, you know. We love each other. He's like, no, no, no. Come on, you're lying. Come, on, I know you are. Come on, come on. Look, you're so good looking even now. You know, I see girls looking at you. I'm sure you you had a few, you know. He's like, you know. She's like, come on, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm, I'm not gonna get upset. Tell me a few. Oh, a few, huh? Like, (laughs) how many? How many? Forget it. No, come on, come on. Please, please. I'm not going to get upset. I swear. Well, I'm not going to get upset. You know, like, I don't know, eight, nine. Eight, nine. Bro, in two days, they were divorced. Two days, they were divorced. And they never got back together. That's it. They were divorced. Okay? She went ballistic. She was a born Muslim. He was a convert. She was a virgin when he married her. And that was his mistake. And I told him, bro, that was your mistake, bro. You should have lied through your teeth, bro. You know? As Omar Khattab was talking to that woman and who her husband asked her, by Allah, do you hate me? And she said, yes. Omar Khattab chastised. He said, why didn't you lie? Why didn't you tell her, you know? He said, but he said, by Allah. I don't love him. So Omar Khattab said, yeah, but how many... Marriages are built only on love. But the taqwa of Allah. So you should have told them whatever. No. You know, you cannot. This is your past. You cannot. You don't know how that person is going to react. Right? This is your past. Allah has forgiven your sins. What is no, It's no one's business to know anything about you and what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I totally advise people against that. People, I know people say you should tell. You should be honest about this. Bro, it's like people will judge you, will hold it against you. 30 years from now, they'll hold it against you. It destroyed that guy's marriage. I've seen many marriages falling apart from this, you know. I mean, subhanAllah, guys too, you know. Oh, come on, honey. I know you had men before and this and that. SubhanAllah, the guys do it too. And then what do they say? Oh, was he better than me in bed? Oh, come on, you know. And stuff like that, right, yeah. Like, that's what guys ask, you know. I've had, you know, uh, people ask me, can I ask her this or that? I said, bro, no ever, ever talk about these things. And even the woman would say, what should I say when you ask me that? Tell him you're the best. I've never seen anything in my life like you, you know. That's what it is. You cannot. What are you going to say? No, you're not, you know. It's like, come on. What? Where is this relationship going to go from there? Human beings have jealousy. Gotta be careful, you gotta be strategic in the way you place yourself. This is the deen. This is not, it's there's a fiqh of information of what you release and what you conceal. And this is not nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean?
3: Gabriel is like that uncle, that real uncle, bro.
1: hmm
0: <laughs> MashaAllah. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. May <laughs> Allah grant us more like him. amin.
2: I agree, bro. There's no point concealing your past. But that being said, Rami, what's your body count? I'm playing. playing. (laughs) (laughs) playing. (laughs)
3: Boom. Hey yo, (laughs) you were shook for a second. I know he's like,
2: uh, do I, do I I not? (laughs) But listen, all jokes aside, I agree with you. A man of value is ready for marriage, and oftentimes, in this dunya, you need finances. So get your money right. Uh, people forget that it's from. The Sunnah, it's from Islam. We are the providers. We have to be the providers and the protectors and the provisioners. But that being said, there's a difference. Yes, you are the provider. But I've seen too many brothers hit me up and it's like the month of Ramadan, right? Obviously, I'm going to ne- leave our names out of it because I don't want to backbite. But it's Ramadan and they hit me up and they're like, "Oh, oh, uh oh, five, this girl hit me up uh, on Minder. Minder is like this, this. It's like Tinder for Muslims, right? And I'm like, okay, bro, one red flag off the rip is he's on Minder talking to a girl during Ramadan. Okay, whatever. You know, maybe they, they want to get a niqab, but it gets deeper. And he's like, uh, bro, she's uh, she's stuck somewhere. And she needs, uh, she needs me to send her uh, money for gas. <laughs> should, I, should I do it? Will Allah question me? What if she actually needs it? And I'm like, listen, bro you ever see a guy so beta it's like you can't even help him but it's like you want to help him you can like you want to be you know guiding him so i tell him i'm like okay realistically speaking what person in their right mind drives a car with their gas low or knowing it's going to be low no like the chances of that happening some to none i've been driving for six plus years never had that bro never did i did i go somewhere and my car just stalled on me. but let's say it is you know she's on minder bro she doesn't even know you you don't know her and she's out here like send me two hundred dollars for gas. What oh, tank needs two hundred dollars? Even <laughs> premium gas, bro. Even a Lamborghini. Lexus, bro. <laughs> it does not, you know. And he's like, yeah, but like you know, I I want to do it. And I'm here like, bro, come on, man. Like, if I didn't know your if I didn't know your financial situation, which was already kind of struggling, and you want to do this, come on, bro. Like, how is this? How is this even a thing, bro? So you have to be a provider. But there's too many guys I know you know, buying bags and, and nice stuff yeah. for a girl that they like. They don't even, bro, she doesn't even like you back, bro. You want well, the listen, whole precedent of their foundation to be based on gifts and materials?
3: Yeah, listen, I don't think he's particularly beta, but, it like, you got to think he's in he's in Ramadan, and if, if he's, like, a legit Muslim, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay, my bad. So I got 10% battery. Uh I I mean the picture to pop up out of nowhere, bro.
0: But um
3: (laughs) (laughs) nobody else knows what we're talking about, bro. bro. So um if he's like a legit Muslim, then he's probably thinking like, ah, this is a cut, this is charity. But like that's not really charitable when this person is trying Mm -hmm. to take advantage of you exactly and get that money. Like, yo, my dad and Obviously, I'm not gonna say too much here. But one day he hit me up. He's like, "Man, like I'm talking to all these girls right now, and like they're all so beautiful. They're all into me, but they all keep asking me if I can help them pay for like so and so and like send me two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars." But I just, I put my hand on my phone. I'm like, "Bro, are you serious right now?" Yeah, you should have corrected them. They don't like you, bro. I told mm-hmm. them the truth, bro. I never, I never lied to my pops.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> he didn't like it though that being said like i think
2: for women if you do want to buy stuff for your man <clears throat> gifts spoil him cool but you shouldn't be required to financially support the household and bro you guys know this you and uh uh rami how many coaching calls have we had how many people hit us up in patreon from uh, them being, you know, young, supporting the whole family, you know, or or kids just just being like, oh, my dad doesn't work, my mom doesn't work. I'm here carrying the flag. Even if it was a guy, I would be like, bro, that's kind of sus. But if these are girls, bro. It shouldn't be like this. Like, as the man, bro, how beta do you look? How weak do you look? Your only real obligation from Allah in a marriage as a provider, you can't even fulfill that. Because you're looking for a job and it's been a couple of years. What?
0: is so sad, man. It's so sad. They don't want to settle. They, they feel like, you know, I've been this, I've had this career for this long. And just because I got laid off doesn't mean I shouldn't go back to that career. They're not willing to work out like a Harvey's until they get back to mm-hmm. that career. um, Just to be making something, subhanAllah. That ego, it's crazy, man. But way too many, way too many sisters message us with a story like that. It's actually, it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. so sad, man, wallah.
3: Listen, if I get into a position like that and I can't do what I love and I got to support my family, like, dude, I'm going to sell my body. I'm going to be like that that stripper that got into Jannah because I fed the cat.
2: First of all, it was a prostitute, bro, not a stripper. Okay, okay. Y'all know what I mean.
3: So.
1: Y'all going to see me
3: in Jannah with no clothes on. Everyone's like, yo, what you doing? It's like, bro, you don't want to know. Because a lot, a lot,
2: you know, there's that balance, you know of uh, Allah can't judge me, but you know, most of the time people are saying it's cap. They know, they know that they're, they're trying to have an excuse, be a victim. But you're right, and uh, I agree with uh, 100% with Brother Gabriel <clears throat> that as men, you need to find that balance between establishing yourself as a man of value, but also taking the step and trusting Allah fully. That even if I'm not fully where I want to be, one I'll get a good woman who wants me. Uh, while I'm trying to become a champion, not waiting at the finish line. Because there's this quote that uh, men chase championships, women chase champions, right? And you guys already know that. So that balance between that and also, you know what? Even if it doesn't happen, Allah will provide. Allah will give me a risk. It's, it's It's from Allah anyway, right? Just take that step, have that kid. I'm not saying have kids aimlessly when you're not ready, but you get what I mean. Get married, have a kid. There's nothing wrong. There's no too young, this whole propaganda of, or oh, you're you're only like you're only 26. What do you mean you're only 26, bro? As a woman, you got maybe three-ish, four-ish years left if you're 26, before, you know, every other chance of congenital defects in your kid just goes up through the roof. As a man, it's not the same, but you know, there's no point, you know, having this this fitna of not being able to lower your gaze, walking around in a in a hypersexualized environment. Uh, not having
3: a wife. Yeah, it honestly, like it, it everything you're saying hits home for myself. Cause like I, I'm a dude that's like real into my passion, my purpose, like what I'm doing. Where it's like, you ask these two men's right here, and they'll tell you like, I make use of my time to where I have like maybe one hour, maybe zero free time. And like I'm over here saying to myself, Nah, nah, I, I can't have a wife. I can't do this. I can't do that. But it's like, it's just so, it's so clear. It's so evident that, like, getting married really does fulfill half of your dean. Because if not, like, bro, I'm still a man. I still got testosterone out of the roof. I'm still raging over here. So it's like my mind's, like, going crazy thinking about (laughs) women. Every time I see a girl, I'm just zoned in, (laughs) locked. And I'm like, damn. (laughs) So you guys
1: married or what?
3: Um. And uh, on is, but Rami's not. I am not married, actually. I am married, I'm married to the game, but it shouldn't be like that, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, bro. I was gonna <laughs> say that. Come on, uh So, so Fayad, you're married, yeah. How, how many years now, mashallah? uh, been a few months, a few months, mashallah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, new, mashallah. fresh, mashallah. and Rami's uh, on the way, right? On the way, on the way, inshallah. Anger, what's going on?
3: Yeah, I'm the I'm the bachelor boy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Going, um, Like like we were talking about before. Like I I don't know. I'm I got questions. That's all. Perfect, perfect. Questions. So uh, I guess
2: we we talk about it in the next episode.
3: Yes, sir. Because
2: <laughs> a lot of people are wondering what can I do? What's permissible? Can I can I see mm-hmm. a girl without her hijab, without the wali? Can I get to know her? Can I? Play 20 questions and ask, what's your body count? Well, we already covered that question. <clears throat> but there's so many things that people don't know. Can I WhatsApp her? Uh, can I, you know, send her a, a selfie? You know, so many, so many stuff. So we'll talk about that, inshallah. Uh, but yeah, if you guys made it this far, feel free to hit like, follow Brother Gabriel Al-Ramani on YouTube, links in description. And most importantly, if you have any story that you can relate to us, like something I said or how Anho could relate, Rami, whatever. You want to just, you know, let us know your experience in life. If you could share something, let us know in the comments because, you know, just like the thing that Brother Gabriel said that when somebody asked the question in class, can I watch porn with my spouse? And after that, everyone stayed and everyone could relate to that. It's like, you need to be that first thing to engage conversation sometimes, right? So a lot of people might think, oh, if I say this, I'll be ostracized, or nobody could relate, or they'll think I'm weird. But you'll be surprised how many people are literally thinking the exact same thing.
0: 100%. All right. May Allah never put on hell in that situation he described. I'll say that one more time. <laughs> may Allah never force you to take that kind of career. I don't want to see you naked. In this <laughs> life or the next.
2: I mean, I mean, I close
0: Ameen. it off, boy. All right. With that being said, may Allah bless you all. Allah fatihna dunya hasana wa fil akhirat hasana. Wa kana adabin as salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: wa
3: barakatuh.